Hello, everybody. This is Mark Lewandowski. Welcome to Mind Your Business. Mind Your Business is all about building your personal capacity. Personal capacity is what is needed for you to grow in your career, make great decisions, and become a person of influence. So sit back and enjoy this content as I share with you insights and stories, examples, and personal challenges designed to do one thing, build your capacity to change your world. If I say the name Starbucks, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Some of you love Starbucks, others of you don't like Starbucks, but you can't help thinking it might just be the best coffee experience in the United States. If I say the name Whole Foods, do you think of a healthy, organic, service-oriented grocer? Do you think about people that are pierced and tattooed and have crazy hair with a big smile checking you out at the counter? If I say the name Subway, do you automatically think of a healthy option to fast food? What if I say the word Amazon? Do you think of the very best place to shop for anything and everything? What if I say the word Apple? Not just the word Apple, but the name Apple. Do you think about innovation in the palm of your hand? See, that is all branding. Today, we're going to talk about how important it is to have a brand and create a brand for yourself. A brand is very, very valuable. In fact, many people believe, and I'm sure it's the truth, that the brand is the most valuable of all the assets within an organization. I'm a certified mergers and acquisitions advisor, and I know that in the assessment of the value of a company, we say, what is the value minus the assets? And whatever's left is goodwill. We have to assign a value to the goodwill or the brand. Coca-Cola, as a company, has such a strong brand, the name itself is worth almost $80 billion. In other words, Coca-Cola could go to a bank, theoretically, and borrow $80 million without any assets whatsoever, just on the asset of their name. The question becomes, can people like you and I build a brand that's worth money, that has value, that is worth everything? Can we build a brand that is more valuable than our assets? Consider this. If I said the name Elon Musk, what would you think of? Would you think of the unbelievable innovator and futurist that built SpaceX? What if I said the name Richard Branson? Would you immediately think of Virgin Atlantic Records and Virgin Airlines and all of the things that Richard Branson has done? If I say the name Simon Cowell, do you think immediately of television shows that are radically successful. In fact, many people believe that anything Simon Cowell touches turns to gold. Is that a brand? Yes, that is a brand. If I said the name Oprah Winfrey, 
would you think of a Chicago-based African-American woman who changed the world by changing lives on her television station through her company called Harpo Productions? Are there people that just by one of their names creates a brand, whether you like them or not, names like Trump, Ellen, Prince, or Jay-Z, is there value in that name? And the answer is yes. That name has become their brand. A personal brand is an asset that is beyond valuable. I don't even know exactly how to put a number to it. It's valuable, and it's as valuable as the individual makes it. It is what people think of when they hear that name, and it's something that you have to think about and I have to think about because we all have a brand. Whether we like it or not, we have a brand. Your brand is already established by what people think of you. What do they say about you behind your back? What are you known for? Some of you even already try to craft your own brand on social media. Some people have said that this is the generation that loves their own face. They take pictures over and over and over and upload them, and they are constantly trying to control what people think of them. But you can't control your long-term brand by snapping pictures and uploading them on social media. You have to find a way to really create and build a brand. Is it possible to build your own brand? I want you to think about this. You have the opportunity to change your brand and build a great and powerful brand. But before you change your brand, you must first change the way you see yourself. That's going to be the most important thing that we touch on in this whole podcast series. You must change the way you see yourself. There are two selves that you can see. One is the personal me. The other is the product me. Now, let's let's talk about the difference between the personal me and the product me. The personal me is it's the person that you see when you remember back to third grade, to seventh grade, to ninth grade, and you think about your past failures. You look deep inside the core of your being and you think about your weaknesses. No one else sees them. Only you know what they are. You look even deeper and you say that that weakness is a result of this fear. No one else knows that fear, just you. Your weaknesses and your fears have created your own insecurities. You know that they're there. Maybe some other people see evidence of those insecurities, but you know your failures, your weaknesses, your fears, your insecurities, but you also know some of your successes. But as you look back, you think, yeah, that was a success, but... I could have tried harder, or I worked with a team, and so some of my success was part of the teamwork. You do know your passions, and when you put all that together and you consider that you're an employee, when you bundle all that junk together, your past failures, your weaknesses, your fears, your insecurities, your, your even your successes and your passions and your role as an employee, that crap all bundled together, is only worth an exchange of pay for work. In other words, all of that junk that you're bringing along in your personal me, 
is only exchanged to me, the business owner and employer, for an hourly wage. Isn't that sad? Your personal me is not anywhere near as valuable as your product me. Let's talk about what the product me is. The product me is an entirely different way for you to see who you are. Forget who you were. I'm not hiring or paying who you were in third grade, seventh grade, ninth grade. I don't care about your past weaknesses or failures. I only care about what you deliver to me today. In other words, I care about the product me. I care about your passions. When you consider the product you, who you are as a product, you've got to first see yourself as not a person of weaknesses, but a a solution, a product that is a solution. It is is a, a combination of your passions, what you love, what drives you, your ideas, the things that you've crafted out of your own experience, your own reflection of events that have occurred in your life, your thoughts, the what-ifs in your life, your list of contacts because you go out and you meet people and you've created a database of those people that know you and care about you. The product me, or the product you in this case, cares about and has a, a valuable reputation in the community. Those reputations are built upon successes in the past and awards you've earned or accomplishments you've attained. See, the product person, instead of the personal person, is a combination of of things that can be exchanged that have great value. Passions, ideas, thoughts, contacts, reputations, successes, awards. All those things bundled together go way beyond pay for work. They build a value that you bring to the table that goes far, far beyond the exchange of minutes to dollars. So you should take time to consider the difference between the person you used to be and the product you are when you walk out the door. Just a pause from this discussion. When I think of myself as the product, I don't ever tell anybody about my weaknesses and failures. In fact, I don't think about them and I don't allow them to show. When I get up in the morning, I prepare myself. I prepare myself physically. I comb my hair. I shave. I put in a contact lens in my left eye because that helps me see up close so I can quickly interact and read things. I put on clothes that... Uh, enhance what I'm trying to look like as a fit person. I put on clothes that are in the perfect combination of not too fancy, but not too laid back. I'm trying to present a message. I see myself as a product and I'm selling that product to other people in exchange for value way beyond minutes to dollars. So should you take time to look at yourself as a product and build your personal brand? I think the answer is absolutely you should take time. If we think about what is your brand, it's who you are and why you are wanted. Who you are and why you are wanted. 
So think about this. If you were to craft a brand, what value would that bring to you? Why would you want to have a brand? I did a little mind map earlier, and I put in the center word the most important thing I think about in building a personal brand, and that word is leverage. Leverage. It's the ability to create, to use very little effort to maximize results. When you use a lever and use physics on your side and you press down on one side, if you use a lever just right, you can move the world. What do you want to leverage? Number one, you want to leverage control. You don't ever want to be trapped in your life where you look around and you say, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm trapped. I don't see any way out of this miserable existence. I go to a job I hate. I'm not making enough money. I'm frustrated. I'm miserable. I'm lonely. I'm desperate for some kind of change. See, if you had leverage, you wouldn't be out of control. Next, leverage and a personal brand gives you confidence to stand your ground. Some of you are in situations that are just terrible, where your boss is a complete and utter jerk, screaming and yelling and treating you badly. I I heard recently of a very important person in my life being screamed at in their office in front of their children. They had brought their child in on a day where they had to pop into the office and school was out of session. And here they're getting berated in their own office in front of their child by some jackass that couldn't control their emotions. If you truly want leverage, you want control over your destiny. You don't just want control over your life, but control of your destiny. Are you upwardly mobile? Are you moving up? Can you get away from the lead shoes you're wearing and put on some Nikes and jump up and run up the stairs of life? Next, if you want leverage, have you leveraged your capacity to earn significant income? See, as long as you're holding on to that old crap in your life, your failures, your weaknesses, your insecurities, you have no ideas, no training, you're bringing nothing to value, you're exchanging dollars to minutes, but when you build your own brand, you exchange work for value. And value, you get paid a lot more money. And finally, when you leverage a brand, you're changing your ability to take advantage of an opportunity. I promise you, when you build a brand and you're known for something special, when you're a known commodity in the, in the world, you're known for excellence in work, innovative ideas, creative thought, closing deals, building teams getting the job done. When you're known for those kinds of things, opportunities will come your way. You will no longer be trapped in a dead-end job. In fact, things are going to come your way. That's what a brand will do for you. If you don't build your brand, that is your choice. And everyone has that choice. You're not required to build a brand. I mean, truthfully, you've got one. You've been given a brand on your own by based on what your peers and the people around think of you. But if you build a brand, you're establishing the decision. Either you're going to be the man or you're going to be controlled by the man. It's completely and utterly up to you. See, you've got to see yourself as the product. Let me give you an example. What if 
you had a racehorse. And that racehorse was your product, really. It's a it's an asset you own. It's something very important. It's it's like gold to you. And if you had gold, wouldn't you want that gold to produce revenue for you? And so you take all of your life savings and you go out and you buy a racehorse, and that racehorse is jet black and gorgeous. What a horse. Oh my goodness, you've spent all your life savings on this horse, and you're hoping that over the course of the horse's life, you will earn from that horse $4 million. Now, to take that racehorse from a $40,000 value to $4 million is completely possible, but it's going to take some effort. You're going to have to care for that horse. Now, what does care mean? Well, it means you're going to have shelter. You're going to have to buy or build or rent a facility that shelters that horse away from rain, thunder and tornadoes, hail, earthquakes, hurricanes, wind, cold weather, and then you're going to have to feed that horse, and you're going to have to feed them dry and good hay. And you're not going to just take any old crappy hay. You're going to do the research and find out where you're going to get the best the best hay, and that's what you're going to bring for that racehorse. You don't just to pick a veterinarian by who's the closest. You pick the vet that is most able to help your horse become a real race champion. And finally, if you're going to care for them, you're going to give them equipment. You'll, you'll get the best bridle, the best saddle, the best shoes. But you can't just train that horse. You've got to, I mean, care for that horse. You've got to train that horse. So because you're really not an expert in training horses, you hire one. And you pay that person to start slowly and develop that horse to be careful, not to run him on a bad track or in bad conditions, but to develop his talent, to make the most out of what he's got. Next, and very important, you've got to race that horse. You've got to prove his worth in a race. To take a horse from $40,000 to $4 million, you can't just set him in a barn. You've got to prove his worth. And he's not going to win at the beginning. He has to learn to win. And every time he loses, you've got to sit back with his trainer, with his jockey, with the whole team and say, what did we do that caused our horse to lose? And how can we make those changes? You have to find ways to win. And finally, if you're going to take a horse from $40,000 to $4 million, you've got to breed him. You've got to use his past successes for future income. You've got to be able to exchange his past to the future in the form of selling off his semen. He's got to become a breeding horse that creates money. Well, think about this. You are that thoroughbred horse. Why would I take so much time to go through that example? You are that thoroughbred horse. You might be worth 10000 100000 a million or a hundred million dollars. You have to decide that based on what you're going to craft in your brand and the value you're going to bring to the marketplace. But you are a thoroughbred. Your worth is up to you. So let's use that horse example for a moment. If you are the most valuable asset you've got, a thoroughbred racehorse, You've already invested in yourself. You've invested in college and you've paid your dues in certain jobs and you've got additional training. Whatever it is, you've got money invested in you. Can you turn yourself into that initial investment? And let's call it $40,000 or $60,000 into $100 million. Can you do it? Well, let's start with this. It's got to start with you're going to have to care for yourself. 
in the horse example, I said, you got to buy him a barn or buy him a stall. Well, where do you live and who do you live with? Are you in an environment that's positive, it's restful, it's peaceful? And do you live with people that are going to help you become a thoroughbred? Or do you live with people who are complete and utter losers and are not helping you get ahead? You know this. I don't have to analyze this for you. You knew the second I said, are you around great people that you said yes or you said no? If you're around people every day that are dragging you down, you are not going to reach your potential. Get rid of those people. Next, just like a thoroughbred racehorse that we carefully and properly feed, you've got to feed yourself and care for yourself. Now, I don't really care whether you're optimally fit or you've got a few extra pounds. I don't care about that at all. I care about making sure that you're eating in a way that gives you energy to be great. See, not all people are built and made and look the same. And I try to do everything I can to judge people by the content of the character and what they can deliver as value. But I know that what you consume is important in your energy and your ability to perform. So consider that. If you don't know how to help, get help, get help from professionals. And you need support and equipment just like a horse needs it. If you're going to build something, if you're going to do something great, you've got to have a great laptop and a great Wi-Fi connection at home. You've got to have a space in your home where you can get away and you can study and you can develop yourself. Because next, you've got, just like a horse, you've got to train yourself. You've got to find a place where you can read great information, where you can listen to people or be around people that have great ideas, where you can study to learn and memorize things so they become a part of you, so that when you need them, they're in your mind. And next, you need to achieve. Don't stop now. Don't go out and get your first credential, your first certification, or your first degree and stop there. Keep moving. Keep growing. You've got to train yourself. Next, just like a thoroughbred racehorse, you have to race. You've got to compete. You can't achieve your top level and to build your brand if you're not going to test your skills against the best. You have to compete for first place. I remember years ago, I took a job in New York right after we sold our company to this group in New York. And right before I took the job, they hired a guy that was from the outside, and he shouldn't have been hired. They should have chose me. And when I met him, I thought he was a complete and utter jackass. His name was Jim. And I've mentioned the story before, but Jim showed up on his first day in a tuxedo. I, I just thought, oh my gosh, Jim, you you're trying way too hard. You you're not a real you're not a real significant player. And I was completely unimpressed with him. Well, before the company New York purchased us. They brought me down to a big conference table. It was a round table and all the executives, all the owners were there and they looked at me and they said, Mark, what's keeping us from getting this deal done? And I said, well, let me be honest with you. Your director of marketing is an ass and I don't want to work for him. So here's what I'm proposed to do. I propose that you give me the West half of the United States and you give him the East half of the United States. And in one year, whoever wins gets it all and the other guy's fired. That's what I want to do. 
And they laughed and they thought, boy, this guy's crazy. And I was kind of building my brand right then and there. I, I, I was establishing a brand. They chose not to do that, but they asked me to work with them. And I opted to go ahead and do that and give it a try. But the bottom line is I was willing to compete. I was willing to go head to head with who they thought was the very best. I needed to learn from my failures and not quit until I've learned and learned how to win. My friends, you're going to build your brand when you learn how to win, not when you learn how to compete. Hard work is great, but you've got to assess your hard work and learn how to win. Building a brand is not just, man, that person is marvelous and hardworking, but building a great brand is, that's a winner. That person knows how to get the job done. They win. Finally, just like a thoroughbred racehorse, you've got to expand your lineage. Just like a thoroughbred sells their semen or their owner sells their semen to expand their downline, their lineage, you do it too, not by selling your semen, of course, but by building up other people, by finding people underneath you and building them up. Learn how to become a great teacher. When you learn how to teach other people, you become more powerful than just you. You become the leader of a force of people that know how to create how to influence, how to succeed, how to win. You pass on your successes to the next. Don't be like that person. I, I, I saw a funny movie recently called Parenthood with Billy Crystal in it. And Billy Crystal's wife in the movie said, Honey, why don't you just quit being a, a baseball announcer and teach? He said, Why should I teach them how to do what I know how to do? See, that was the wrong mentality. That's not the mentality that helps you grow. That's not one that builds your brand. See, building your brand is more about what you can accomplish for the world than it is about you. Building your brand is to say, I have built this product, the product me, and I'm willing to take it to the marketplace and leverage it and give it to you. Now, you're going to pay me for it. And it's going to be very valuable. And it's going to be valuable for a long time. So we've talked enough theory for a minute. Let's talk about five steps, five actual actions that you can use today to get started building your brand. Five things that you can do starting right now. And I need you to get a piece of paper out. If you're listening in your car, you're going to have to think about this later and make sure you write things down. But these are five action items I need you to do to build your brand. Step number one, you've got to close your eyes and see your future. Step one, see your future. The reason I ask you to see your future is because no one else can. No one else can see your future but you. You're the one. And if you can't see your future, you don't know how to go about building your brand. So ask yourself this question right now, and I'm going to pause. What do I want to be known for? What do I want to be known for in my work life? I'm going to pause for 20 seconds, and I want you to think about that. What do I want to be known for.
I hope you're able to come up with something. I thought about something. With my podcast, I want people to say this. Mark is a, a passionate person who wants to help today's generation navigate the brutal and sometimes completely unfair workplace environment. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about helping people navigate this crazy, brutal, and sometimes unfair workplace environment. And that's why I do these podcasts, because I love sharing with you. So in order for me to understand how to build my brand, I've got to know what I want to be known for. If I want to be known for a person that's passionate and helpful, then I've got to really care about what I'm talking about, and I've got to give you steps. And those steps have to allow you to navigate your way through the workforce. So in other words, if I'm going to figure out what I want to be known for, I've got to be very specific, and I've got to be realistic, and I've got to find a way to demonstrate value. So being specific is I'm not way up there in the clouds. I'm specifically talking about what I want to be known for, And next, I want to be realistic. Yeah, I'd like to be known as the person that consults world leaders. But since I know very few world leaders and I really don't care about that, that's not a realistic goal for me right now. That's not a realistic brand that I'm trying to develop. What I'm trying to develop is becoming that passionate person that helps you navigate your way through work, through work environments and through your career. That's real. It's specific. It's real. And I can demonstrate value by producing blogs, videos, podcasts. So those are real. So think about it. What is it that you want to be known for? Is it hard work? Is it results? Is it innovation? Is it becoming the best salesperson? Is it, do you want to be known because you have great talent? When Trader Joe's set out to compete with giants in the grocery business. They had to decide what they wanted to be. They had to ask themselves, what will we be known for? Well, what are they known for? They're known for having a smaller footprint. That allows them to be in more unique locations. They're known for having private brands. That allows them to control cost and control quality. They're known for innovative products, which really helps them achieve a connection with this younger shopping population. I think about when I go around the world or around the country and I'm in downtown Manhattan and you go in a small building, you go down an escalator and there's a, there's a Trader Joe's in the bottom floor. And I go to San Francisco and there's a Trader Joe's on the corner where there used to be just a small uh, grocery store or convenience store. I go to rural parts of California and right on the corner where there's traffic, foot traffic, and people could pop in. They could grab a bag. There's a Trader Joe's on the corner with a a little fruit market out front. Trader Joe's has a smaller footprint, and they're more innovative than their competitors. Jimmy John said they want not just to produce a good sandwich because their competitor, Subway, has a good sandwich. They want to have a great sandwich. Their competitor makes it fast, but Jim Johns gets it to you fast. Samsung, their competitor, of course, being Apple, they said, they close their technology to you. We want to open our technology to you. 
Starbucks said, we're going to create the best environment for coffee drinking. But the coffee bean and tea leaf company or Caribou or Pete's or Dunkin' Donuts said, you got the locations and all the big money, but we've got the best tasting coffee. Amazon said, we're going to be the best shopping experience because you can shop anywhere and you can find anything. Target and Walmart said, we're going to compete with you, but we have absolutely no idea how to do it. (laughs) Oh, boy, I don't know how Target and Walmart, I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know that they've established a brand for the online marketplace. They're already branded beautifully in the discount massive superstore concept, but they've not created a brand at the Amazon level. They're not internet branded experts. So that brings up a question today. Are you ready to sit down and say to yourself, what is it that I want to be known for? That's step one of a five-part teaching that we've got to cover on your personal brand, and brand is everything. This is going to be the end of this session. In our next session, we're going to cover items two through five in how you establish your personal brand, the actual steps of establishing brand, and walking it through to completion. This is Mark Lewandowski with Mind Your Business. I look forward to talking to you next time. And don't forget that I had a previous podcast about your personal brand that talks about the personal characteristics of branding. It's very, very important. It's a fundamental piece of your understanding how to brand yourself. And I highly recommend that you go back and review that. But I look forward to talking to you the next one, parts two through five on building your personal brand. Brain is everything. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mind Your Business. Please check me out on Facebook and Instagram and be sure to send me a message if there's something you need or want me to talk about. You know, the great motivational speaker Zig Ziglar once said, you can have anything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. What does that mean for you today? That means if there's something in this content that is exciting and really resonates with you, pass it along to your friends. Share it. Let them develop and become strong in their thinking, in their motivation, in their knowledge, just like you are. Together, knowledgeable, you and your friends will change the world.